Hi, everybody. I'm Laura Giles with Pan Society. I'm joined today by my partner in crime, Sherry Calverts, and you're listening to Modern Animism Radio. If you're paying attention to the coronavirus news, you probably heard that Donald Trump said we should inject chlorine bleach into our veins to get rid of COVID-19. Now, I'm not here to talk politics. We are a church, and as such, we can't get into that, nor would I. Um, we're sovereign people, and you can decide for yourself what your values and principles are. We have room for all people. What we are going to talk about is why chlorine bleach is not the best idea and what you can do instead. Um, first, let's acknowledge and thank the first ancestors. I acknowledge and thank our uh, element of earth, and thank you for the land where we live, the food that we eat, our senses that allow us to enjoy this beautiful life that we share here on planet Earth. Thank you for our roots, stable foundations, boundaries, and determination that is helping us to get through this strange time. I acknowledge the element of air and thank you for our detachment so that we can view information logically and use it creatively to help ourselves and the rest of creation. I thank you for the ability to stay dispassionate so we can hear people express opinions that we disagree with or maybe don't understand and grow from the experience, like maybe today. So feel free to discard anything you don't agree with. I acknowledge the element of fire, and thank you for helping us purify and release that which is no longer relevant and step into our power to focus on things that are more in line with our purpose. Thank you for the will to step up to a leadership position, solve our own problems, and do what needs to be done rather than waiting for someone to do it for us. I acknowledge the element of water and thank you for opening us up to the wisdom from the unconscious so that that which is hidden deep can come into our awareness. I ask that you cleanse and wash away impurities that don't help us to become healthier, more vibrant beings. I acknowledge and thank our loving, helping ancestors who help us in so many ways that are seen and unseen. I hear your voices so much more strongly in times of adversity and thank you for being here. Uh, and I thank all of you guys for being here because you're why we do this. So thank you. And thank you, Sherry, for being here today. How are you? Thank you for having me. I am fantastic. How about you? I am busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also well, hopefully in a good way. Yes, definitely in a good way. I'm inspired. So lots and lots of little ideas running around my head. <laughs> So I know you heard the everybody heard nobody everybody's talking about this uh, chlorine bleach thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess you could probably start off by saying that is not for, for people who don't know that's not a good idea. Um, chlorine is a toxin, <laughs> and right. I don't even um, fact check everything we say. So that yeah, don't believe anything we ever say. Fact check it for yourself. But chlorine is a toxin. And even though I know people use it for uh, cleaning and drinking, um, I don't believe it's something that should be in our water, nor fluoride, um, much less injecting it in your veins. I mean, uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I think one of the reasons, um, because it's cheap to produce for sure, so that's why it's everywhere. It's like one of the cheapest cleaners, industrial cleaners on the market, I guess. Um, but yeah, for sure. I have no idea why anybody would suggest injecting anything into your veins. <laughs> right. But well, even, I, I also read... I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, 
I also read about um, somebody, uh, I'm not going to mention names, but bathing in it. Like just yeah, bathing I in it at home. <sighs> I but I also heard be- that as a wise tale, too. Oh, really? I hadn't heard that. Yeah. There used to be, like, people would suggest, I can't remember what skin condition. I think it was, like, eczema or chickenpox or something, where they would say, you know, put a capful of bleach or chlorine into your bath water. Even, and then for children, too, which scares me because they have the most absorbent, delicate skin. Right. But, yeah, yeah to cure up skin conditions. Wow. Yeah. I, maybe maybe these are people who think, you know, oh, because it's in the public water that it must be okay. I don't know. Um, that's kind of horrifying, though. Yeah. I mean, because you always assume that it's got a specific smell. Like, we all know that smell from the public pool, from yeah. the spa. Like, it's it's in our brains. And I guess we associate it with clean and cleanliness. I don't like that smell. Mm-mm. I associate it with <laughs> So when we were in Egypt, so I've been going to Egypt for a long time, and, um, you know, they have a reputation of you're going to get the pharaoh's revenge because they have microbes that we don't have. And, um, you know, that's just part of traveling. But the last time that I went there, we stayed in upscale hotels, and as soon as you walk in the back, well, you were there. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember which trip you're on and which one you're not. <laughs> I get confused to think you're there, and then I'm like, oh, wait, what am I talking about? <laughs> so remember the hotel in Luxor, the one with the crazy shower? Um, mm. I know. Yeah. So you walk in there, and it smells like bleach. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, my God, because that was the first time that I ever noticed that Egypt was doing that. And I think they do it for Americans because we think that that's healthy and clean. Right. It's a problem. I, mean, I could see I that. I don't. I mean, of like, course, I don't want to be drinking amoebas and stuff. But at the same time, I don't want to be drinking bleach either. Mm-mm, not at all. Um, yeah, I. You know, it's funny because uh, you know, traveling. You and I travel a lot, and then I've lived in. You know, I lived in. I've lived in countries that just. You know, it's a different standard than the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I've never been one for. You know, you have to get those natural microbes in your body. I'm not saying go out and eat dirt or lick doorknobs or anything like that, but eventually, you know, eventually expose yourself to them because that's the only way you're going to build up immunity. And I mean, unless you're like um, immunosuppressed or something that you can't tolerate that. But, you know, we, it's, it's that same thing. Like I, I get it because I have lived in huge expat communities where, um, and sadly, I, I noticed this big time in Mexico where they just thought this, it was so gross and disgusting and the standards were different. Um, so it was just, and I, you know, you could see them like overly cleaning everything or using all these yeah. disinfectants. And and um, and I think in a way, those things destroy the natural microbials that you have yeah. in your body anyway, the natural bacteria that you need for defense. Yes, yes. I think that's why, honestly... So I, I, this is not something that I've studied. I have seen some research on it. I do believe the research that says that the reason why we have so many allergies now and so many autoimmune diseases is because we're too clean and we destroy those things with too many anti antibacterials. Because if you look, right. it's all the younger people that are doing that. It's not the old people that didn't grow up with that. Mm-hmm. 
No, yeah, I, can I mean, because when you go to places, the, the young, the population doesn't have the allergies that we do, like the peanuts right. and the strawberries and all of that. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's non-existent. Yeah. 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 We need to get out in the dirt and get those microbes. <laughs> we need to walk, walk barefooted. You know, I mean, when I was a little kid, we had this, um, me and Tisha had this uh, talking, it wasn't. It was like a talking circle. We were talking about when we were kids, we played in the dirt, we made mud pies, we played in the sewer, you know, <laughs> when the wa- wa- right. water coming down from the rain. Yeah, I mean, you were just, it's just the sewer or the gutter, you know, where the water comes down. Um, mm-hmm. And you'd just be playing there, put your little boat, paper, paper boat and stuff in there. And nowadays, kids do not do that. They're not outside at all. So they're not getting any microbes. And I think... I mean, don't get me wrong. Corona is serious, but I think that there's two types of medicine. So there's like the kind where you're going to take a pill, you're going to have an operation, and there's like just the natural kind, the defensive kind. And if you eat well, if you're part of nature, you get dirty, you know, you, you get the good microbes as well as the bad microbes, and you keep yourself in balance, you don't have these problems. Or at least if you do your body can try to defend itself. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I did the same thing as a kid. Um, we got dirty. Like, we came home, our bath water was filthy every night. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, half the times we didn't know where our shoes were. We just, it was just one of those, especially during the summer, like, that's what kids did. Um, and I don't have kids myself, so I don't know much of, you know, how kids are these days, but yeah, I, I mean, I do notice there's more of a cleanliness, not a, you know, it's, it's a different world. Don't drink out of the host, and I'm not advocating drinking yeah. out of the host, but there, yeah, there's just a lot more rules. Than the there used to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that people were like appalled. They were like, "Where are your shoes?" And I'm like, "Shoes? What shoes?" <laughs> you know, in the summertime, <laughs> right. you just don't see that now. No, not at all. And I, it's it's crazy that um, it's funny, like how simple how simple life actually builds you up for these things. So, like how, you know, yeah. for your your yeah. immune system, your body, all of that. That's why we always talk about living in relationship with nature. I mean, if you're in a box, a climate controlled box, your whole life, and don't touch anything, you're gonna be the boy in the plastic bubble. Mm. I mean, you, you're not gonna be able to to interact with any kind of microbes. Right. That's that's really scary to me. And all the cleaning products that that this is crazy. So <laughs> we take all these antibacterials and then we have stuff like Clorox like is just in every household. All these toxins, all these pesticides, all this Toxic stuff. I mean, I don't know a lot of people who know how to clean without using toxins, like with baking soda and vinegar. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I, I buy get... tons of is vinegar. <laughs> yeah, by the gallon. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's what I mm-hmm. clean my house with. And, uh, you know, and our people, you know, our grandparents, I don't know about my parents, but, like, our grandparents and their parents, that was that's what they used to clean. Like I remember that smell, that scent when you went into their house. It's a different smell. Yeah. And their houses were just fine. It's yeah. it's crazy that we've gone to. Well, and also I think, well, I mean, it was simple. You could just 
just as easily just pour, you know, either white vinegar or the apple cider vinegar and use that to clean. Like, when did that change and not become enough? Yeah. Well, I think it's that, you know, the new standard now is if it smells like chemicals, then it's clean. If it smells yeah. like disinfectant, it's clean. But I remember the, so my grandfather's a doctor, and um, I remember that, what is that smell? Iodine? So iodine was one of the smells, and there was another thing like that that they used to clean with. And you're right. I mean, it, it was just natural, natural. I think it's iodine is what I'm smelling, remembering smelling. Mm-hmm. I don't even know that they do. They use iodine for anything now. <laughs> um, I I think just in surgeries or whatever, but like it's not a household yeah. thing. And the, yeah, there's another one. It was methacolate or something like that. Methacolate, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm the same color. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I mercury think that's Yeah, I think that's the mercury. What? That's toxic. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was toxic. That's <laughs> too funny. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a whole circle. Like it's so. One of my things as being an herbalist is body balance. But that's everything. Yeah. That's like not just nutrition and everything you're putting in your body. It's things you're putting on your body, your environment, yeah. all of that. That's your home, your outside, your workspace. Like you know, so if you're using toxic chemicals to clean your space or things that, I mean, our skin is our biggest organ and it absorbs everything we're touching. So this is, that is one of the things that if you're trying to think of body balance, even though you're eating nutritionally, if you are not taking care of what you're absorbing or being mindful of it or aware of it, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. When I grew up, it was oil. That's what you put on your skin and your hair, and that's it. There wasn't any – I'm not to say that, you know, these products didn't exist. They definitely did exist, but they were not in our house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what I use now. I use coconut oil. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I might add some – because, you know, you like to jazz it up. I might add some essential oils or something, but really it's coconut oil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's either coconut oil or um... – yeah, I, I do like the some of the body bars that, with the shea butter and stuff that you can make at home. They're easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you use them in the shower, and they're great for your skin. They're, you know, they moisturize the way you're supposed to. But also, if your body is well hydrated and taken care of, you normally don't need, like, extra um, True. moisture on it. <laughs> but, True. But, like, even... Uh, yeah, so that, it's one of those things, like, I always think about um, what I'm touching, what's on me, what's in my products, what's on my clothes, what's, you know, all of that. It's all a big, you know. Yeah. I mean, and there's no point in being an environmentalist if you're going to put all these toxins on your skin and then just wash them down the shower. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to think about the whole picture. You know, you, you're complaining about blah, 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 oh, the environment. Let's plant some trees. Meanwhile, I'm using all these toxic chemicals to clean and to put in my body and on my skin. Doesn't make sense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, not just because some people don't know. So I hope that's not coming across like I'm preachy. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. Well, in our house, um, 
because we're a homestead. So, you know, stuff gets tracked into the house and we're constantly sweeping. Um, it, it has me, like, so we do use natural products. And one of the things, we do a lot of citrus here, like whether it's drinking orange juice, a big, I'm a big lime juice, limeade drinker, um, anything with vitamin C. So those orange peels, if they're not, or those citrus peels, if they're not going into the compost, you can use those, those clean. <laughs> Yeah. Dump all of those into a bunch of vinegar and let it sit. And then, so if you don't like the smell of vinegar cleaning, because it does have a distinct smell, and if you're not used to it, you're like, oh, that's weird. But let that sit in some vinegar for a little bit, strain it, and you have yourself a citrus cleaner. <laughs> like, put it in a spray yeah. bottle and use that to wipe down your counters and your doorknobs and whatever else that, you know, are are super, you know, that need attention. Yeah. Like, there's lots and, of ways yeah. to make cleaning products. Right. And if you like that medicinal smell, you can use tea tree. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. And lavender, to me, has kind of a medicinal smell, too. Yeah, yeah. And that will and kill lavender, coronavirus. Yeah. It's it's naturally antiviral, antibacterial. Um, and I love, it's kind of one of those weird ones, too. I like putting that in um, uh, raw, uh, some vinegar, because it turns the vinegar color. So you actually have, like, a red cleaner, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tea tree is the bomb. Tea tree will clean anything. Tea tree will clean mold. It'll clean anything. Laundry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you need it that clean, you know, tea tree, that's my go-to. But it does smell. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like it, though. I mean, I think with anything, you get used to whatever the smells are. True. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it definitely cleans anything, everything. I used to be, well, I, I still have some that I dab on. I mean, even, you know, um, when I'm doing, when I have uh, poison ivy or whatever, like I've just walked out into the yard, after washing off and then putting a little bit of tree tea, tea tree oil on it, I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> like, yeah. There's something else that's really good for poison ivy. Uh I can't remember. It's a plant. You just rub it on there. And I'm, like, super allergic to poison ivy. But once I found this, oh, my God, I don't even worry about it anymore. Jewelweed. Not jewelweed. It's something. I mean, jewelweed, yes, but there's something else. I can't remember what it's called. I think it starts with a G. Um, a long name. Uh, I don't remember. Remember what we put in the in the poison ivy soap? Uh, I'm trying to think, man. I can't remember, but it's the bomb. So the moral of the story there is there's always something from nature that you can use without resorting to toxic chemicals. Yep. Yeah, for medicine stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Um, One of my favorites, I know this is like an issue that people are like, oh, I need bleach for this. It's like having um, either mold or mildew, shower, in a shower for sure, like in a growl or whatever. Uh-huh. But you don't need anything like that. Like if you put some baking soda, a little bit of dish soap, and some peroxide and let that sit for a little bit, boom, gone. <laughs> like yep. It's a little bit of extra. It's not, you know, one bottle, but it's, you know, you don't have that super strong chlorine smell. Um, you don't have, you know, and it's, it takes a couple of minutes, maybe a couple more times, a little bit of elbow grease, and your problem is gone. Like it's clean. Because I think one of my fears, like if I smell chlorine in the shower, like if somebody's used chlorine or whatever, I I need to run the water and rinse the the whole shower out a little bit before I'll Mm -hmm. get into it. 
Yeah. When we were in Egypt and the bathroom smelled so strong, I mean, it wasn't even just like, it was like really strong. I was like, I don't even know if I want to get in there. Because other than the country, <laughs> I don't have chlorine or fluoride in my water. So, you know, to get in the shower with that, your skin is like a sponge. It's in your body. Mm-hmm. I don't like that at all. Yeah. And you can feel it, like, once you're drying. Well, even in the shower, like, once you dry off, like, you're, it's that crunchy feeling that your your body, get, your skin gets. Is it's, like, drying, like it's sucking all the moisture out of your body. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think people realize that if you didn't have all the toxins and stuff, then you wouldn't need all the products. Mm-hmm. I mean, if your hair yeah, is just natural sure. hair, you don't need all that stuff to style. Or if your skin is totally natural with natural soap and, you know, you don't need all those products. Mm-mm. No. And a, a lot of our inflammation issues, like, you know, people are always talking about turmeric for inflammation, which yeah. is great. Mm-hmm. But if you look at sources, like, are you, because that's where I, I notice, like, if my fingers start to get stiff or my wrists start to get stiff, I start to check, like, what, you know, if it's the water or, like, have I had my hands in chemicals or something? Because that's my first thought is, oh, I touched something. Something is in my body and that's what's causing inflammation. Because that's your body's, yeah. like, first reaction to something Mm -hmm. happening like attacks that are happening in it so yeah like if you have constant like um inflammation check your environment see what you're constantly exposing yourself to or what you're soaking into your body because it could be as simple as eliminating something and not having to take medicine or extra things to fix the inflammation yeah true i'm I'm pretty careful about you know, my environment, and I'm self-employed, so I, I'm i in charge of that environment too. And if I get something, like you say, you know, my foot starts hurting, my wrist or whatever, a headache, my hair is looking weird, I know I've been into something, and I can check and be like, okay, what's new in my environment? And if you have a clean system, your body's going to respond, and it's going to say, mm-hmm. hey, what is this thing, you know? But I yeah. think if you're if you're in it every day, then you kind of lose that. Yeah. And I guess, you know, I kind of feel sorry for the people who live in the city and you don't have a choice because chlorine and fluoride are just in your water. What are you going to do? Right. Well, they have filters that you can attach to your systems. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And it's such a shame that we that water, clean water is such a big deal. That should mm-hmm. not be the case. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where right, to get clean water. Right, like when you're traveling or away from your, you know, mm-hmm. your home base. Like, it makes it hard. Like, <laughs> finding water to drink and food that you can eat where, you know, it's not going to be an issue. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you know, like you say, at home, you kind of know this is a safe place to buy food. This is good food. But if you're not near your home, you don't know. Right. No, totally get that one. It's and it's crazy that because you think these are rights that you're supposed to have, like it's just a natural thing, but you have to fight for them. Like you have to fight for having spaces. Like it's just it's not available to you anymore, and you have to do the research, or you have to argue with somebody for it, or you yeah, know, we don't have choices yeah, I mean, anymore. You should 
think that you should be able to just an orange is an orange, but an orange is not an orange because you have to know who grew it, how do they grow it, and this stuff should, mm-hmm. in my opinion, should be labeled so you can make a choice. Because I'm not buying those sprayed orange. Forget about it. Right. Well, you know, so, um, and this is my conjecture, but, you know, they know that if they labeled it, it wouldn't sell. Yeah. So they know that people don't want it. <laughs> so, it's, it's, so it's amazing that instead of making the money and, and selling the things that people want, this is how you want to go about it. Well, I think the argument would be that people want cheap food, which is true. Um, mm-hmm. Market for that. But I think that, oh, I don't know, maybe maybe they would just say, well, you know, you can buy whatever you want. I don't know. But I know that a lot of more people are going for ugly food instead of the USDA mm-hmm. little thing because, you know, because it's naturally grown. That's what natural food looks like. Right. Well, I get a lot of it, too, where, um, so, and this is my opinion again, things like the red delicious apple that's in the supermarket. Mm-hmm. I hate that apple. <laughs> it's mealy. It doesn't taste good. But the reason it's there is because it has a thick skin, ships well, and it's what's in everybody's mind of what an apple is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And it's just reteaching people um, for yeah, so for one, reteaching people that the aesthetics is not always that important when it comes to picking food, and yeah. also bringing it back down to making food availability more local. Like our apple, you know, I live in Alabama. My apple shouldn't have to come from Washington State. Right. Like it's, you know, we we have a season to be able to grow apples here or whatever, you know, or learning to not, you know, to go without fruits or vegetables that just can't be sustainably grown somewhere because then those things cause completely different environmental issues like almonds and avocados in California. Like it's a crazy, crazy um, chain reaction that happens. Well, yeah. I'm definitely thinking more about that. I mean, you know, because it's hard to switch because when you grow up with having whatever the heck you want, you just think, well, I can have whatever I want. You know, tropical fruit mm-hmm. anytime. Um, but it's a choice. We don't have to have that. It, it, even if it's like something that we're comfortable with, oh, well, I grew up eating bread fruit. Let me get some bread fruit. Well, maybe I don't need to do that because I don't live where bread fruit's grown. <laughs> right. I think one of my biggest learning experiences was um, living in Mexico uh, because all of the things that we have in the U.S. are just not available there. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can have them imported if you want to, or if they're imported, they're just a little more expensive. But fruits and vegetables, you saw seasonally how things came in, right? So you got excited when it was yeah. papaya season or something like, you know. So coming back to the States, um, one of the things, like one of the reasons we're homesteading is because I want locally grown food. Like I want to be able to provide for myself. Um, mm-hmm. So for whatever crackpot reasons, I'm doing it. But it's taught me a lot. <laughs> it's yeah. taught me that, yeah. you know, I can only have cucumbers in the summer. Like, yep. you know, my it's so, but I, I like that because then there's nothing better than getting that warm summer cucumber when you're first picking it off the vine. And there's excitement to that. And I love that. And, well, you know, I'm not going to be eating watermelon in December. <laughs> like, 
but it makes sense with your with your gut too because summer is a time of fire it's heat you know and you, we've got excessive heat the su- it's hot the sun's shining and your gut is hot but cucumbers are cold and they're cooling which totally mm-hmm. balances off the system so nature is intelligent it does know what we need and it provides what we need so when you're eating out of season you're really not working in in good relationship with your body, with the environment, with anything. Mhm. You know That's we have true. to have. A, yeah, if you're, you're eating a stew in the winter time, because you know you have to have food that's stored, and you got these root things that last for a long time. You got meat that can be preserved over the winter. That's what your body needs. It needs warm stuff. So, yeah, I'm all for that. And <laughs> I think everybody should have a garden. I think it's it's taught me so much. I mean, I grew up with one, but. You know, I wasn't in charge of it, so I didn't really pay that much attention until it was my garden, you know? Mm-hmm. You have to pay attention to the season and the bugs and everything. Everything has to be balanced to have a working garden. Oh, for sure, especially if you're going to do it without chemicals, <laughs> which right. is definitely yeah. how, you know. Um, and But I love that because if you learn about the seasons, like especially where you live, because everybody, you know, everybody's seasons are different, zones, whatever. Yeah. Um, nature provides nature's design is amazing you just have to learn what it is you know pay attention learn what it is and implement it because you know you know like say you're going to grow cucumbers and I'm probably going to nerd this out way too much but say you're growing (laughs) cucumbers and you're worried about you know um, vine borers but if you pay attention long enough you know those only come during a certain time of year so you time your cucumbers to grow, you know, your planting of them so that you can avoid that time and then you don't have to deal with it. Or learning which plants work well together because they have their own natural chemicals and phytochemicals to help protect each other. So you don't have to use anything man-made or extra on them because, you know, they take care of each other and then you won't have, you know, you're not ingesting anymore or be exposing your body to any more chemicals because you're not using them. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, you you look at those farmers in, uh, I'm not trying to say any companies or anything like that, but, like, the farmers that are doing, uh, because they're, it's it's industrial ag- um, agriculture, that they have mm-hmm. to suit up to, to spray these fields so that um, they don't poison themselves. Mm-hmm. And they're spraying the food that they're giving you. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. We have farms out where we are, and you can see when they spray the chemicals, they have to post it and post that they sprayed and what they sprayed with. I don't like driving past them because I feel like, and maybe I'm paranoid, that the residue is in the air and I'm breathing it in. And I don't even want to breathe it in. Let's just eat it. It's just awful. Mm-hmm. And where is it going to yeah, go? I, I mean, it's either, yeah, it's either going to go in the soil or it's going to be a runoff and it's going to go all in our water supply, which it is already. I mean, we're all drinking that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why people aren't more upset about it. I guess out of sight, out of mind. I think everybody should go on a farm stay, go to Airbnb, farm stay, stay for a weekend, do some work on the farm, milk a cow, you know, (laughs) and -hmm. then find out what it's really like. I used to think that... um, Organic food was so expensive until I grew my own. I was like, well, shoot. Yeah, I'll pay that for a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm there with you. And, you know, and I get it. Um, 
there, you know, because uh, I think about that too with like food deserts and things like that and the, affordabil- the affordability of food. Um, but also, so I, it's, um, in certain situations, I totally understand. Like if you're in an inner city, you're, you can only afford to grow um, space-wise, like a tomato plant or something like that. Like I, I get it. Um, but yeah. I also exchange that in what I'm not paying in medical bills right. for my health. Um, yes. Because I, you know, and it is. It absolutely is. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time I got sick. I'm not on any medications that I have to take monthly. Um, so honestly, when I have to go to the doctor, um, I either go to the doc in the box because it's not severe enough or whatever. I don't even know who my insurance provider is. Like it's because I don't have to use my card that often. So it stumps me every time when I do have to present it. Yeah, because it's just not ingrained. Or like I, I remember when I first moved here. One of the the saddest things was um, I was trying to like I was trying to do the whole system thing, right? Like plug myself into a finding a um, uh, practitioner, like just a family practitioner for just in cases. And when I was in line waiting to check in, like everybody in front of me had these like baggies full of all their meds. And I was just like, I don't want to be that person. <laughs> like, it just, it yeah. boggles my mind that you don't, you know, if you take care of yourself, you know, your environment, your food, all of that, you don't have to have all of that stuff. Like, you shouldn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, just like educating people in a different way so that um, it's different. Because, you know, a lot of kids don't know what vegetables in their, you know, raw form look like. Wow. I can believe that. Yeah. <laughs> or even here, um, I get into so many um ar- not arguments. I mean I guess they could be heated sometimes. But um there's a lot of growers here, um homesteaders, farmers, all of that, that um even beekeepers, which boggles my mind that use seven dots. What? And <laughs> Yes, yes. And I was like, why? Like, I don't understand why. But the thing is, it's that education of their dad did it or their mom did it and their parents did it. and their pa- Like, there's no one's thought to break the cycle because they don't, um, they don't see the harm it's doing because they're already mm-hmm. in it, right? So they haven't actually had that detox period of eating clean, being clean, right. being in a clean yeah. environment. So they don't know that difference of what feeling bad is or what feeling good is. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I can see, you know, why crazy comments like take a bath in chlorine or inject your veins. (laughs) Like I could see how people go, oh, okay, this is, you know, I believe it because it's, you know, cleaning and kills all the bacteria and blah, blah, blah. Or to people who just don't know any better. Like, and I I feel bad. And I hope people advocate for them, and I hope that the message is getting out that these are bad, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're like super hyper alert about anything because of, we have bees. And the mm-hmm. property that I live on, there's never, well, at least in 100 years probably, there's never been a house there. So it's never been sprayed. It's never been lived on. It's just, it's been all natural. So, And we're on well water. I don't want anything in my well. You know, I don't want anything on this land that that might make my bees are on. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, yeah, seven dust would be like, woo, 
and it's not easy because, you know, everybody wants to live there. All the chicks want to live there. All the, you know, everything wants to live there. But it is about finding a balance and finding what's natural for the area and how can I bring in something else to take care of something else. Like, you know, I don't have any mos- mosquitoes, and that's not something that I did. That's always been like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, mosquitoes are everywhere. I'm like, how come I don't have any mosquitoes? This is crazy. I mean, I can go out in the summer anytime and just hang out. And um, I think it's because we have tons of bats. We have tons of dragonflies. Mm. I'm like, great. <laughs> you know, no yeah. mosquitoes. So there is a way of doing things. Like, I, I really don't want mosquitoes. Let's figure out a way to do that. I got tons of ladybugs. They eat all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, that was the too. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love the ladybugs. <laughs> so I try to do it like that. And you can even buy them as a gardener. You can buy um, praying mantises. You can buy ladybugs. You can buy these bugs that eat fly larvae um, if you have a fly problem. So there's ways of doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and that's how we tend to handle things here, too. Um I'm trying to explain to people, um, and so this this really brings up, it, it fires me up. Like, I, I hate getting excited about things <laughs> or overpassionate, but um, it it brings up, like, this whole we're all connected, so there, there's that. But there's also the sovereignty. So I get your your desire and your right to want to spread seven dust so that your flowers look great or whatever, but you're also encroaching on my sovereignty of not having, you know, poisoned ground or you're not poisoning my bees or you're not, you know, and there's a whole whole disconnect, I think, too, and I'm explaining that you're killing all the good stuff that's underneath the ground that you don't see. There's healthy bacteria, healthy microbials, healthy insects that do great things under the soils, all the worms and everything. When you're putting all that down, you're killing all this. And yeah. so you're willingly choosing, like, there's no compassion there. And so, and I think it's because it's out of sight, out of mind, or no one's ever explained to them. Like, it's it's crazy that um, that just dissonance, that, that disconnect of not understanding that it's a bigger world no matter how tiny it is and that we all have to be here in this space and we all have to figure out how to do it kindly and compassionately. I think one of the big things for me um, that I'm always talking about is personal experience because, honestly, I wouldn't have known a whole bunch of stuff about the soil um, because where I grew up, the soil was very rich. You could throw down, and I've done this, you know, when I was a little kid, I'd throw down some seeds and come back months later, and then, like, plants are growing all over the place. And my dad was like, oh, my God, you're such a good gardener. I'm like, gardener, what? <laughs> when did I do that? You know? <laughs> but it's not like that here. And and so in trying to figure out, okay, why isn't this ground producing, I had to figure out about, well, worms, and what do the worms want, and where's the mycelia, and where's the, you know, all of these things that create a living place where things can flourish, and I've been doing that the hard way. I mean, I'm cultivating mushrooms. I'm putting dandelions in there, you know, trying to make this a living system where people can, people, <laughs> where things can grow. <laughs> because that that's exactly what it is. Everything relies on everything else. And when you just poison it, and I think that's the that's the toxic masculine habit that we're in. Well, let me just conquer and kill everything. You know, and then mm-hmm. I'll just be done. That we have mastery over it. We we got to just think of something else because that's just not going to work. 
Not with Corona, yeah. not with anything. And it's, um, and I, I have a story about, like the other day, uh, a friend of mine, and we did the social distancing, so they're, you know, we're doing our 10 feet apart from each other because extra caution, um, had invited me to come see his, uh, garden, his petunias, and he is a gardener. Um, and these are concepts that are kind of I, I don't understand, and that's fine. And I think I offended him because <laughs> as we're looking at these petunias and they're great colors, and um, then he was like, yeah, in a couple of weeks he's going to come and take all these up and put in my summer flowers. And I said, oh, okay. And I was like, well, what does he do with all these petunias? Because I thought, in my head, I don't know what's happening to him. I think they're getting donated or whatever. He's like, oh, he's just going to bag them up and throw them away. And I was like, what? Why? (laughs) And he's like, well, we don't need him. And I think, and it was just, that was like one of my first experiences in a while of seeing that disconnect of, but these are alive. Like, I don't understand why you're throwing them away. They're perfectly good plants. And yeah. so I think, and he, so trying to explain, and he's elderly too, so it's, um, that's just something he's done forever, and I was just like, and it, it like hurt my heart a little bit, because I was like, oh, those poor plants, and then so he was like, okay, so he's coming today, and if you want to save the petunias, you can come pick them up. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's, a, it's I, <laughs> like, you know, but I, I think a lot of people, like, don't have that. Yeah, connection with things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just things. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we sit here and have funerals for our animals that we lose on the on the homestead. Like, we just. I guess I don't know. I mean, I'm still learning. I'm learning all kinds of stuff, and I think uh, I don't know. I just hope that that others get interested. I just don't know how that's going to happen when we just don't have a connection to the land or our food supply, mm-hmm. or each other even. I think corona is really showing me how disconnected we are from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're gonna we're in a big shift, though, in a good shift, in a good way, where, I could you see know. It. Yeah. I'm hopeful. We'll see. Oh, very much so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm always hopeful, you know. <laughs> I'm optimistic. <laughs> I'm on the Titanic, the ship's going down. I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be okay. <laughs> right, because there's always going to be a reason and, a, and something else to learn afterwards. And No, I'm there yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think we have to be, as people, what I'd like to see, let me put it that way, what I'd like to see us do as people is really embrace the the yin yang, you know, the complementary duality piece of it, and look not just at what we're used to doing, which I think is the toxic masculinity way. Let me just spray all these weeds and get done with it, you know, mm-hmm. or or let me just kill these things because I want the next pretty thing, and just learn how to be in the cycle of nature and let things have a natural life cycle. So I don't know. I see the the world as a very giving place, a loving place, and if we know how to interact with it, then everything that we need is here, and there's really nothing to be afraid of. But you have to invest in that education, right? And be open minded and willing to hear it or learn something new. Like you don't necessarily have to believe it or try it. Just be willing to hear or listen. 
Yeah. Yeah, look outside the box because there's a lot of stuff like the seven dust people have been using for a long time and they just think, oh, well, this is just the way that it is. Well, maybe, but there's other options as well, maybe options that are better. Mm-hmm. I don't use seven dust. <laughs> right. I've, I've never even seen a package. Like, I only know of it from talking about it. And, and let me take that back. I've seen it in box stores and stuff, but I've never purchased a package myself or a box or whatever. And I, it's one of those things, too, um, and I just popped into my head because um, – some of these chemicals that we put on those plants are systemic. Once yeah. you spray it or introduce it to the plant, it's going to be in that plant's DNA forever. There is no shelf life or half life to it. It's there forever. When it has babies, it'll be there in those babies. Like it's right. so that's you know infinitum, at infinitum, like forever. <laughs> but I don't think that people realize that that is also true of what we eat. Because there are mm-hmm. things that if, if it's toxic and it comes into mom, mom is pregnant and she has that in her, guess what? She's passing it on to her baby, which I don't know if this is true, but could lead to birth defects and, and fertility issues and all kinds of stuff because kids are being born sick. Now, I do know that. Mm-hmm. I think every baby deserves a clean slate. You know, if if you have lifestyle issues because you ate the wrong stuff or you did the wrong stuff, let that be their choice. Don't give that to them, you know. <laughs> but, you know, when you know better, you do better. So I'm sure we've all made mistakes. You know, you can only go from here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I didn't I hear about that. About... It's a learning experience. Yeah, yeah, life's a learning experience. And I think that's one of the reasons why I really, really like um, talking circles because people are from all over the place and you get to hear about stuff that's way outside of your life experience and wheelhouse. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I learn the most from people who are not like me, you know, that I might not have come into contact with otherwise. So I really, really like talking circles for that reason because what's the point in talking to somebody who's just like you? <laughs> right. You never learn anything. You just have some yes people, like people that just agree with yep. you the whole time. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I like when people speak up and say, hey, what about this? <laughs> well, I hope the corona ends soon. And I hope that we get there more mindful of the environment and our health and things like that. Yeah, me too. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in and sharing your time with us. We appreciate your support. And if you'd like to donate, you can do that on our website at pansociety.net. Just hit the button at the bottom. I think there's more than one button at the bottom of the page. And if you have questions, uh, you can comment on the podcast, catch us on Facebook, or email us. If you want more content, we're also on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We have a blog and Instagram. So you can follow us on your favorite social media platform. We're also starting to do a lot more virtually because of the stay-at-home order. Um, So like we have a moon circle coming up. Uh, We did a healing circle today and things like that. And that event list is on Facebook. So if you're interested in a little closer contact, feel free to join us because we want to see your face. Um, Our mentoring site at pansociety.org is also a place where you can meet us and other modern animists, so don't be a stranger. So thanks again for being here. Stay safe. 
so we can all get to the other side of COVID-19 together. See you next week.